Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Tech Talk with Tage. Today I'm going to be talking about portable gaming uh, for no real reason except it has been an idea I've wanted to talk about and like again I'm, I'm kind of recording ahead so uh, perfect time I, I don't know what will be the hot topic you know four weeks from now but yeah it's, that's how far I have to record um, but yeah so portable gaming uh, let's I guess start with some of the very very old consoles like uh the psp and uh what else was there game boy i guess actually you know game boy is pretty older than psp uh but yeah it's, it's all old at this point uh we had the game boy i did did sega have a portable gaming console i don't remember uh but yeah, if you remember the Game Boy, it was a little box, like, with e-inks. It wasn't actually an e-ink screen, but it pretty much felt like that. That's kind of how bad it was. And a few uh, buttons, which, you know, are kind of loyal to the Nintendo lineup. Uh, yeah. Okay, wait, sorry, I might sound distracted because I currently am, uh, but that's beside the point. Okay, so we had stuff like the Game Boy. I'm pretty sure Sega had one. I don't know what Sega's doing with consoles now. Uh, I, their consoles died and they're just multi-platform. Uh, uh, yeah, so there's that. Then we have the PSP and PS Vita. Um, and... And now we, we have the Switch, which evolves from the Wii U, which is so much better because the Switch is a significantly better console considering it's a fraction of the size. I think the Switch is like 1080p, the Wii U is only 720p, and you know, all sorts of stuff uh, when it comes to resolution, but uh, I guess we can first talk about the failure of the Wii U and how that gamepad the, the idea of a gamepad with a um a portable gamepad to play anywhere was a great idea except the execution was really poor first of all you still had the buggy or not muggy big bulky console that you had to be within range of to play um, the gamepad was also big and bulky, uh, and weird. It didn't have a great panel, but considering the time it was released, you, you can't really hold it, like, hold that against it. Um, well, yeah, it, it, the main part was that it wasn't really portable, and that pad was, uh, big and bulky, and it wasn't an all-powerful console. I mean, for the time it was a, a powerful console, you, you know, you have to keep that in mind. Um, I mean, the only advantage to the Wii U was the, that first party game availability that, uh, you know, you could get your Nintendo games, you could get Mario and Smash Bros. And, you know, the Mario games, the Mario Karts, all the 
what else yeah uh, uh legend of zelda games like breath of the wild has a wii u copy too um it's a great game but uh, yeah uh, switch over wii u for that uh we have all the marios mario kart um what else you know first party Nintendo games. I don't need to list off a bunch of first party Nintendo games. Uh, but yeah, that that was the only reason one would consider picking up a Wii U, to be honest. Unless they really wanted that gamepad. And also it was compatible with older Wii games, so you could um yeah, if you had all those games, then yes, you would be able to play those. So it had a few advantages, but overall, kind of trash console. And then the Switch came out. The Switch, a fraction, they took that gamepad idea and just, they're like, okay, let's just make the gamepad the console. And it was smaller too. Uh, it was small, the, the, the whole Switch console is smaller than the gamepad. And they put a screen on it and it's nice and boxy, it's slimmer, it's on that weird shape, and the Joy-Cons you can put on the side or they come right off. It's just so much better. It's a fraction of the size and a more powerful device too that can support you know, higher computing power and uh, a higher resolution, uh, more demanding games, and um, yeah, all of that. Uh, good stuff uh, we expect from a modern console and then the switch OLED wasn't really a hot topic but considering that it was pretty much a minor upgrade yeah that that makes sense um, so now we have the switch which almost it seems like everyone has and for, for a good reason it's a, it's a good console the first party support is the first party games are still great like breath of the wild we got uh for the switch as well um what else we had great games like mario odyssey that you know that blew up uh trying to think that yeah that was the hat one that, that was that was actually really fun you know with all the moons and collecting and just stuff uh, I'm trying to think of Switch titles right off the top of my head. The other one I can think of is Mario plus Rabbids Invasion, which was actually kind of a stupid game, but maybe. I'm not sure, but, th but that was a title. Um, oh, there was like Toad's Treasure Hunt or whatever. That, that, that was a title as well. I'm just listing random titles. Point is, yeah, there was great first party support and there's a lot more, there was a lot more attention from other developers like Fortnite uh, got a, uh, and came to the Switch, which, you know, Fortnite is not what it was uh, back then. Like Fortnite coming to the Switch was a big deal. Uh, what else? Rocket League is supported on the Switch. Uh, what else? I think Doom. I'm pretty sure the Doom series, like the Doom Eternal and stuff, has a Switch support. Um, yeah. 
uh, I don't know, it's old, it's 2017, it's also an old console, it's five years old now, um, so actually we might get something soon in the next, within the next five years, where am I going with this, I wanted to talk about portable gaming, but yeah, um, and now for the next evolution of portable gaming is our mobile phones, our, our phones, those are very powerful support powerful games demanded games though uh like asphalt 8 asphalt 9 those are racing games uh genshin impact you know de demanding very demanding games you even like cod mobile if, if you turn up all the settings you they can be demanding especially during moments of intense activity in a, in a game like cod there's always going to be like a lot of stuff there, there's always going to be a lot of activity happening so yeah you need a powerful phone and our phones can do that and then there's stuff like backbone or i think razor sells a product you add it and it turns your phone into essentially a switch you know giving you controls and uh you still using that screen like it's it's incredible how far just the phones have gotten and now into the mobile gaming market market uh yeah so uh yeah phones are popping off the switch is still like great console Will Nintendo ever return to like a big bulk, bulky console like Sony and Microsoft are doing uh, to give us really, really powerful, like phenomenal, uh, like extreme games with great graphics and just very demanding games, but what I can assume would be great. It could, it could just be like a trash game, but you know, that's demanding. Uh, but yeah, I don't. Will Nintendo ever do that again? I don't know. Cause even a game like, if you think about old Super Mario Bros. for the Wii, that you know, running that now on the Switch is not like some crazy idea. And oh yeah, and the Steam Valve is out, so now that's that's a portable PC. That's literally a portable PC. You can plug that into a monitor and use it you can play almost all your steam games on it um but yeah so that too we we've gotten that uh, i mean that just shows how again how far we've gotten that's pretty much this episode the evolution of portable gaming um what else and i if you think about it vr the ocula or the meta quest and uh yeah, that's portable. That's a completely wireless, cordless VR headset. Like, yes, it's so big, but yeah, theoretically, you could just put that on in an aeroplane and, and play. I mean, it probably wouldn't be the greatest, greatest experience. You, you would probably disturb those around you, but you know, it is portable. And you definitely can uh, pack that and travel with it. And, um, you know, bring it to a hotel. I mean, you can do that with the big consoles, the Xbox and Playstations, but I mean, it's more of a nuisance to, to travel with those. Uh, but, uh, 
Uh, yeah, you really could. The, the MetaQuest is something you could just take out anywhere, like on a bus, on any public transport, and, and use. Probably not to the same extent of a Switch, but yeah, that's a form of portable gaming. Oh, completely wireless VR headset, and it's pretty good. Um, yeah, things like the Vive are... Uh, what's the Val? What's the one made by Steam? Uh, by Valve, I think. Uh, the the Valve. Uh, VR has is it the Index? No, it's bothering me that I don't know now. I I need to know. Uh, uh I'm looking. Yep, it's the Valve Index, and yeah, that that thing's an incredible system it's very powerful it's got some of the most like interactive controls um and like it comes with base stations and stuff to set up for more experience like that's expensive but it's a very powerful machine it's it's not portable but it's great vr but and you know it's and the metaquest has nothing on it except you know being portable and anyone can use it because for something like the valve or the vive you also need a pc to support uh that uh those cons uh th those headsets because the games are would be running off your pc and just into the headset so um yeah I, this is kind of a tangent episode i wanted to go portable gaming but whatever it's it's just whatever now it's games now and so i think nintendo's gonna stay in that portable it's worked so well for them they're gonna stay in the portable gaming uh, landscape and considering that most nintendo first party games like smash or even like super mario bros or mario kart or well we get a new donkey kong game like the what was the last one the tropical adventures thing that was fun i want to i actually want to see a new donkey kong game uh but yeah considering what uh first party nintendo games are th they aren't typically too demanding unlike something uh we see from sony's side of things like uh spider-man from uh, Insomniac and the Naughty Dog games, which are gorgeous, but uh, they only have you know great graphics as a result of a great console running them. Uh, but yeah, Insomniac uh, with Spider-Man also uh, great graphics and a demand, but and a demanding console. Um, who else? God of War from who made that? That was Santa Monica and. Sucker Punch with Ghost of Tsushima and the infamous game, in, infamous series, and we got what Guerrilla Games that made her the Horizon series. Uh, um, yeah, all of those games are pretty demanding, and they're all phenomenal. But yeah, that we're, because of the landscape that is the the PlayStation exclusives, we're probably gonna see still the big heavy chunky consoles which i have no problem with but you know having that mobility with the console is also nice like 
switches and with those first party games being less demanding it, it just depends on your taste and then microsoft uh, honestly i have no idea what's happening with them because um, most of the big titles uh, available on the xbox tend to be the cross-platform stuff like cod um I guess Forza Horizon is one of the big Xbox exclusives. Oh, what else? Halo, I guess. Um, but yeah, like things like the the big time, the, like Assassin's Creed and Call of Duty and uh, what else? Like, what are the game series that are like so popular that they're they're released annually? I'm trying to think. The, those are the only two on, off the top of my head but those are cross-platform but yeah the, those because the xbox is a um more powerful if you if you look on paper the the numbers on the of the xbox series x are uh, higher than the ps5 are better so yes those cross-platform games will run better on an xbox Theoretically, I, I've not actually, I don't have that first party experience. Uh, yeah, I don't have that personal experience to be able to vouch for that. But, you know, uh, just by looking at numbers on paper, yes. So, uh, honestly, I've kind of lost track of what what Microsoft is doing. Oh. Uh. Um, what else? But yeah, so I, yeah, I don't think they're going back to the portable, or going back, I don't, do Microsoft even have a portable gaming landscape? I mean, the closest thing is the Windows phone, and the fact that any Windows laptop could, can uh, be used to play Xbox games with just the Xbox app. Um... But yeah, I, I mean, Microsoft has that advantage. It's Xbox, so the, any Windows device should be able to play games. Will it handle it? I'm not sure. But I mean, Microsoft does have cloud gaming, so whatever. Um, yeah, as long as you're paying for the subscription, honestly, that's kind of your best bet of all-around gaming. Because you can play anywhere on any device from the console to your on your TV to your super powerful ultra PC in your room to a laptop and then on an airplane or and maybe even if you have a Windows phone uh, you could use it I'm not sure if the Windows phone has it has any support I doubt it does but yeah, um, so yeah, Microsoft is actually both in the portable gaming world with their other devices like laptops and surfaces, but also they have the big console. So Sony's just staying in the big console. I don't know if PSP or PS Vita will ever come back. N Nintendo's definitely staying in uh, the portable console. Mm. 
so um that's that i guess that's my episode i really dragged it on for 20 minutes it did not need to be this long but you know whatever no one ever listens this far anyway so um uh thank thanks for tuning in <laughs>